0: My administration will be focused on three very important words, jobs, jobs, jobs. A policeman must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show.
1: That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, Well, we have a lot of things to cover. Everything builds up over the weekend, and here we are um, with a whole nother week. We're approaching Christmas. Man, it's exciting. So uh, I wanted to recap a lot of things that started last week. Uh, We're going to talk about this week as they evolve we're going to have some interesting numbers this week um now the jobs numbers looked looked okay right uh, at the end of the week last week jobs numbers looked okay but uh people are wor- people are still not keeping up with inflation and i don't think that the uh jobs numbers are actually accurate i definitely think that this economy is struggling and i think that uh and we're going to see it. It's just there are there. It's sort of like um, it's exactly like a tsunami. So what's happening is when there's an earthquake in the middle of the ocean with a tsunami, it might take like a day for you to actually experience, you know, the uh, tragedy or the, the, the force of a tsunami it might take many, you know, many, much time. Hurricanes take take days to build up. You know they're coming like a freight train. And you know there's audio uh available where they said inflation was going to be transitory. Inflation is here to stay. Um and we have this uh economy that is built uh, like a house of cards on sand. One of the chief indicators though, For me, that that's telling me that this economy is really struggling. Is China's housing market has taken a complete and total collapse? China. I always said, China is big and powerful until they're not. Uh, They are big and powerful until. Um, you know, you they, but they have an Achilles heel that could just take them down. It's like a giant, where you just snip their Achilles heel, and it's this giant. You snip the Achilles heel, and they fall, they crumble, because they are, they are a, uh, they have so many people to manage and feed. They have so much infrastructure that they need to deal with. It's a huge expense. They're spending money. I don't think they have. I know they're rich, but um, they've meddled in so many things. They're in over their head. And they're far too dependent on economic relationships, partnerships, and treaties. And it's been our weak leadership here in the United States, whether it's Obama, who never ran a business, or whether it's Biden, who never ran a business and whether it's Bush who ran a business into the ground every business he touched failed he wasn't a businessman either he was a spoiled silver spoon drunk who cleaned himself up sober and got into government so the thing is is that Trump is the answer And Trump is the one that wanted to pull out of TPP and all these little whippersnappers on mainstream media, legacy media, legacy media, corporate media, globalist owned and run corporate media um, that's attached to the government at the hip. I mean, you have the universities, you have the corporations that are owned and controlled by BlackRock, BlackRock is like the biggest ESG component. Last week, we listened to a lot of Vivek. Vivek uh, basically accusing Nikki Haley of being in the tank for BlackRock, being owned and controlled by BlackRock. And she is. And when you say BlackRock, you may as well just say World Economic Forum. And when you say World Economic Forum, you may as well just say Nazi heiress because that's what they are. They're a bunch of Nazis. Larry Fink and his woke agenda. You know, I study this stuff every day and I still am learning. Every day I come up with like something new that helps me evolve in this whole thing about why woke. And a couple of weeks ago, I came up with the three-prong attack. It's it's really woke, climate hoax, COVID, scandemic, you know, all of these things are corrupt. You know, I'm reading more and more about how Fauci was connected with USAID and CIA and how he was in charge of the bioweapons in America. Something that we, in the in the ether, say we're against, but we secretly are for, or we secretly practice them do. And when you look at Ukraine, for example, and Metabiota, and you look at... Uh, Dan Danziak, and Fauci, and you look at Samantha Power over at USAID, and you look at the cagey responses that Anthony Blinken gave last week to Rand Paul related to just getting disclo- the full disclosure of where certain... Documents and what relationships and what was spent. And they don't want to reveal any of it. But we have that moron, uh, Toria Newland, the deputy secretary of state, who basically uh, helped rig the election in 2014 in Ukraine with uh, Jeffrey Pyatt. And, you know, in, the, in the, their work with the CIA and the other mercenaries, well we also know that there was USAID that was being funneled into Ukraine and i think it was because of bioweapons because they 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 finance USAID finances bio uh, these types of operations these bi- bio labs and there were bio labs in Ukraine and i think that you know russia knew about these unsanctioned ungovernment uh, detached from government see the whole reason why we don't do certain things like you know sell missiles to uh, to ukraine or or like tank busting missiles or like javelin missiles or or build bio labs set up uh bio labs in uh bioweapons labs in uh, Ukraine. You know, our government says, well, they can never talk about it because it's secret. But the whole reason why they do it is because the government, United States government, can't do it. It would be a threat or an act of war and it would escalate tension between the two superpowers. So they hire willing participants who are willing to actually do shady things for a huge profit. Mitt Romney got in on the action and was a seed investor working with a CIA guy like Koper Black and meddled in Afghanistan, meddled in the Middle East, meddled in Ukraine. I mean Koper Black sat on the board with Hunter Biden at Burisma. You know, it's all connected. And they're 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 f- facilitating payments through laundering where we do one thing over there and we exchange it for something over there. So you give me maybe you get, maybe Saddam gives me all of his bio chem, chemical and bio weapons, right? And I go ahead and I manage them in Ukraine. And in exchange I send a whole bunch of blankets and pillows and and some some weapons over to Ukraine's military force. And all of a sudden, they ship those down to the Middle East in exchange for the bioweapons and chemical weapons. Where are the bioweapons? Where are the weapons of mass destruction? Remember that? Colin Powell? Kung Pow. Where in the world are the bioweapons? I thought maybe they stored them in Syria. They wouldn't do that. You know why? Because Russia would take them. Russia owned Syria. I mean, Ru- Syria is a puppet of Russia. So, what, what next? So, they ended up in Ukraine. Those bioweapons, those chemical weapons, and those weapons of mass destruction ended up in Ukraine. And then we sent stuff to Ukraine. And that was a way to pay the people in Iraq. They were sending up the weapons of mass destruction by rail, by ship, by truck. And ISIS was protecting it all. Love to know where those weapons of mass destruction were or went. Could they have ended up in Ukraine? I believe they did. And... We then give money to Ukraine, and that money goes down into the Middle East, says, thank you very much for those bioweapons. And Russia, all the while, is saying, you didn't store them in Syria because you knew we would take them because we control Syria, and now you have a NATO-aspiring nation like Ukraine butted up to our border, but just because they're not NATO doesn't mean they're not acting like a NATO partner. So we're going to go ahead and take them out and take it before you turn that country into a huge threat to Moscow. And that is the picture. That is what happened. And this woke stuff is all disillusion. It's all smoke and mirrors. I had this thought, and I believe it's true. Now think about it. You know how we've been complaining and and angst about it all? You know how we've been just like almost derailed by these pierced-faced, tattoo-faced, purple-haired libtards that tell us on TikTok that they are teachers teaching second and third graders about, you know, homosexuality, and same-sex relationships and and uh, gender dysphoria. Do you remember what we've been going through for the last two or three years? Huh? What if I were to tell you that I have some sources that told me that half of the people you're seeing on there, more than half, are paid influencers on TikTok Paid for by China. Paid for by the CIA. And then what if I were to tell you that they're not teachers at all? They're not even teaching. They're just gaslighting you. Because I don't think that the reality of the teachers being that crazy Now, I I understand that there are some very bad teachers out there, liberal teachers. You know, Randy Weingartner definitely is on a mission. She's head of that teacher's union. She's as woke as hell. And, uh, yeah, look, homeschool your children if you can. But you know what? I still believe in public schools because I believe in, in I believe in the value of, of sports and athletics. I think that you can learn. In fact, I know that you know competition and sports and athletics are pretty much the same thing, but are are essential to growth. Human, you know, just mental growth, mental health and growth. I think that they are huge. And that's why, you know, this whole tranny thing in women's sports is just completely demented because it's ruining all the gains of Title IX that have happened over the last 50 years. And it's just annihilating women's athletics, which has been great for women. If there's one thing, like I said, Title IX as a wrestling fan, so many wrestling programs because it's a fringe, non-profitable sport. uh, They they were the sacrificial lamb and many wrestling, men's wrestling programs got cut. And so for me, I've always hated Title IX. Plus it's a quota-based affirmative action type of system. I don't like it. But... I will acknowledge that it probably had a better performance ratio in terms of outcomes than any other affirmative action uh, that we've seen, more than any racial civil rights uh, affirmative action. The Title IX did more, I I think women got more out of that than blacks got out of affordable housing and affirmative action and quota-based systems that, you know, destroyed the nuclear family within black communities. So so I definitely think that Title IX really was in some ways greater for women than civil rights was greater than, than civil rights were for blacks. So that's just my two cents there. So we had fireworks with the universities. The University of Penn, President McGill, gone. People were laughing and and screaming and crying and and over it. They spent. They had fifteen hundred dollar an hour attorneys for that committee hearing. And you know they're they're as liberal as the day is long, but you can't say they're not smart. They're presidents of universities making over a million a year. They probably get five hundred thousand dollar salaries, but they. They also make about $500,000 in speaking engagements. So, you know, the, uh, the, that's not too dumb, right? They got PhDs out the whack and, you know, they got it going on, right? All three women wearing those little weird funky glasses, you know, hey, I'm smart. I'm smart. I couldn't run a business to save my life, but I'm academic smart. That's a difference. No life experience, really. And I stay within my bubble. Any Trump supporters not allowed. You know, they're intolerant as hell. So all I'm going to say about that, though, is that's not the problem. The problem, the problem, the problem is that we have Middle East spending in our universities that we need to stop we need to get this foreign money influence out of our universities. Period end of story. No government shouldn't like Qatar who is basically headquarters for Hamas. Qatar has more Hamas citizens than any other country per capita or ratio wise. And maybe even numbers, sheer numbers. But they're a Hamas haven. Cutter Qatar and let me tell you something about that they have spent billions of dollars and they're giving to NGOs who are giving millions of dollars and they launder the money in one way or another but they shape the ecosystem of these universities I mean you know They want to talk about diversity and free speech and honest debate. Yet they have 96% of their faculty is votes for Biden. I mean, a guy that can't even string a sentence together. They're voting for him. And, you know, you got to wonder about it, right? It's crazy. I mean... This Joe Biden here. (laughs) I got a clip for you I'm going to share with you. You, You'll laugh. Trust me. You'll laugh. This is so funny. What the heck is this guy saying? He's talking about banning guns, mass murders, and something else? I don't know. See if you can make heads or tails of it.
0: The idea, if you were driving your automobile here, and you left in the key in the the parking lot, you left the key in the ignition, and a kid came up and jumped in and stole it, and they've gotten to crash. You're liable civilly. Why in God's name do people not have to lock up their firearms? Why is that not a requirement? All these mass murders—not the, not this weekend—but have been because people have picked up, kids have grabbed stuff off of counters. What the? What is the, he saying? Anyway, I don't want to get I get angry. We need to ban assault weapons and high-capacity magazines.
1: The idea. I mean, he has no idea what he's saying. And Alex Jones was interviewed by uh, Tucker Carlson, and Tucker Carlson said he knows a source that told him, a source told him, I think it was a uh, maid source or something like that, um, told him that he takes drugs to get him through the day. You know, like uppers, downers, whatever, amphetamines. And then Alex Jones said he knows for a fact that, you know, so those are two pretty prominent people that have been right about a lot of stuff that both have information independent of each other. That Biden was taking drugs in the lead up to the debates and things that we all kind of knew. He had these weird sores, sores or bruises. On it on the tops of his hands, like an IV went into it, and we were showcasing that. So the you know universities they got it. We we got it. If if Elise Stefanik wants to really make a difference, she is going to have to get her button gear with regard to stopping the funding that's coming from these universities. All right, so we are going to. Um, uh, play an at least a phonic clip. Let's take a listen to this.
2: A Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard. Correct? Our commitment to it's free a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech?
3: Our commitment to free. It's speech It's a yes extends. or no question.
2: Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that?
3: That type of hateful speech is personally
2: abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students chanting, quote, there is only one solution, Intifada revolution, and quote, globalize the Intifada. Is that correct?
3: I've heard that thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus. Yes. So
2: based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for Intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? Correct. I will say again, that type of hateful speech is
3: personally abhorrent to me.
2: Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's Code of Conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It
3: is at odds with the values of Harvard.
2: Can you not say here that it is against the Code of Conduct at Harvard?
3: We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful, it's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, and Does that speech not cross
2: that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? When you spe- testify that you understand that is the def- definition of intifada. Is that speech speak- according to the code of conduct or not?
3: We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable.
2: You and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of that report? As
3: I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's
2: true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission?
3: That long predates my time as president. But you understand
2: that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission.
3: I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them Correct,
2: because it's a fact. You're also aware that a Winthrop House faculty dean was let go over over who he chose to legally represent, correct? That was while you were dean.
3: That is an incorrect characterization of what transpired. What's the characterization? I'm not going to get into details about a personnel
2: matter. Well, let me ask you this. Will admissions offers be rescinded or any disciplinary action be taken against students or applicants who say, from the river to the sea or intifada advocating for the murder of Jews?
3: As I've said, that type of hateful, reckless, offensive speech is personally abhorrent to me.
2: i today that when no action
3: will be taken. What action will be taken? When speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies, including policies against bullying, harassment or intimidation, we take action and we have robust disciplinary processes that allow us to hold individuals accountable. What
2: action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the genocide of Jews on Harvard's campus?
3: I can assure you we have robust What disciplinary actions processes have been taken? I'm not asking actions underway.
2: I'm asking what actions have been taken against given, those students
3: given students rights to privacy and our obligations under FERPA. I will not say more about any specific cases other than to reiterate that processes are ongoing. Do you know what the number
2: one hate crime in America is?
3: I know that over the last couple of months, there has been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss.
2: That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. And Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. This is why I've called for your resignation. And your testimony today, not being able to answer with moral clarity, speaks volumes. I yield
1: back. Wow. Okay. That was really, really something. And uh, Harvard and Penn hired teams from the prestigious law firm Wil- Wilmer Hale to prepare for their congressional testimony at $1,500 an hour per lawyer. And that was the result. Changing leadership at these schools changes nothing. Our entire system is rotten and filled with these. Obtuse, tone-deaf, DEI-infested, fanatical elites. One law firm did that work, but what my big concern is is Qatar, Qatar, and Middle East funding. Um, uh, this stuff—the the amount of oil money that is going into, um. All of these um, Palestinians marching in the streets and basically infecting the Western world with their b s and uh, it's all organized and it's it's designed to divide our cultures in our Christian countries and this whole woke agenda is all about attacking the three pillars of what makes us whole. And that is our God, that is our family, and that is our allegiance to a country, a flag. Trump would say, to our flag. And that represents love of country. So what they're doing is they're opening the borders. We have a disgrace on our hands with this attack through our southern border. Here's a meme here. It says, when they say racism doesn't exist, just remember George Floyd's family received $27 million. You want to know how much Ashley Babbitt's family received? Nothing. Nothing at all. So, we have this. We have this, uh, the the, uh, immigration is off the charts they're opening the borders and 18,900 people invading migrants crossed into Tucson Arizona last week one sector of the border in one week these are 19 these are the 19 House Republicans who voted against impeaching DHS Secretary Mayorkas or abstained so 19 House Republicans Nancy Mace was one of them. Dan Crenshaw, of course. Patrick McHenry, who's not running for re-election. Tom McClintock. Virginia Fox, who's come out hard against the university presidents. Daryl Issa. Cliff Benz. Ken Buck, of course. Ken Buck from Colorado. Someone needs to get rid of him uh, in the next primary. Mike Turner. John Duarte. Roger Williams, Jim Banks, Vern Buchanan, Larry B- Buchan, Mike Azell, Pat Fallon, Alex Mooney, Greg Pence, you know, Mike Pence's brother, Maria Salazar. Primary them all out. All right. Remember um, the... Harvard scandal, the uh, scandal where all those celebrities went to jail for, there's a meme here, it says, if you cheat getting into college, you can go to jail. But if you cheat getting into America, you can go to college for free. Is that backwards? That's actually backwards. So we're watching a video here where it says while being distracted with war narratives across the planet, you're being invaded at home. The U.S. Border Patrol are helping invade and destroy the United States to make matters even worse. Senator Dick Durbin wants to turn illegal aliens into American soldiers. This is a completely coordinated mass invasion of the United States. The objective is a world government with America no longer being a superpower nation crazy misguided so this was pretty good we just heard Elise Stefanik talk well President Trump gave a speech up in New York City for the young American uh, young Republicans here's what he had to say about Elise Elise Elise
0: thank you Elise what a job Mm. she's done you know, I watched the way she's very smart. I watched the way she was asking the questions, and they were asked in a very complex way. And these women, who I guess are like, yes, they're smart, but boy, that was—they were really dumb answers, weren't they? But they were asked in a very complex way, and these people had no idea what the hell they were doing. I said, you know, I think she's got to lose her job. I guess they're all going to be losing their job within the next day or two. But one down, two to go. But there's many more out there like that, and I don't get it. I don't know why. Why there would be? Elise.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, he was a rock star. I have this really great uh, video, but it's uh, it's music. And what was beautiful about it? Oh, it was so beautiful, actually. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you hear it. It, it, it was uh, this violinist, and he walks over to President Trump off the stage, and he plays right at his table right in front of him and then he shakes his hand total respect right here just just, we'll listen to just a little bit of it so so president trump here president trump was was caught off guard by it i'm sure the secret service knew that was going to happen but um he comes over, and the you know the violinist is just playing right for him. Unbelievable, beautiful, right? And President Trump loves great classical music as I do, and uh, and at the end he plucks his violin. And this was when President Trump first arrived, and he sat down at this table in New York, and. It was quite amazing. So I'm going to listen to the pluck and get it to the end here. This is how it ended. And it was beautiful. And he bows to Trump. Trump stands up and shakes his hand like a boss, man, like a boss. It was so perfect. I said... I wrote a tweet about that. I tweeted it. It's on my Twitter. So you can go to twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show or x.com slash Scott Adams Show or search on those platforms, Scott Adams Show, just no spaces, just one word, and you'll find me. And I encourage you to follow me on there because I actually produce my whole show, plan my whole show on, on the Twitter platform. Uh, in any case, uh, so you can see pretty much what I'm covering. And if you ever want to see some of these videos and things that uh, we share the audio part, but the video. And soon in 2024, uh, probably the first quarter of 2024, we are going to be doing 8 to 15 minute video vignettes on YouTube and Rumble that are going to sort of be a uh, revised version of certain segments of our main show our live show. So our live show is going to always be pure radio, but then we're going to take some of the things, because I've gotten a lot of emails from people that want to, uh, they they would like to have a visual, but I'm, I'm kind of against mixing radio and video. I, I don't like that personally. I'm just not a fan. So I'm going to do radio, pure radio one hour, but then I'm going to do somewhere like, six to 15 minutes, it's going to be free form and it's going to cover a topic and showcase a video or showcase an article on, on YouTube and rumble. And that's, that's how I'm going to do that. And I may do two or three of those a day. And, uh, those will just be supplements to, to my main show. So that's going to be that. And we're going to do that. Uh, that's, uh, something I've been thinking about, but you know, as you, you all know, i I suffered uh, some health issues uh, that derailed me a little bit. And um, just now, you know, I'm getting back on my feet. So Um, in any case, um, uh, I said, violinist serenades at real Donald Trump while Biden avoided a crowd full of booze and FJB, F Joe Biden, chants in Boston snubbing Army, Navy, cadets, and midshipmen in a battle for the commander-in-chief trophy. Biden opted instead to hang with liberal elites at a California fundraiser. So that's what happened there. Because Joe Biden can't show up. He cannot do it. You know why? Because everybody knows he'll be booed. And how do you explain that? 81 million votes and you're booed, right? Right. Eighty one million votes in your booed? That doesn't make any sense. How do you square that in a round circle? So it's crazy. RNC Research writes today, Army and Navy play for the Commander in Chief Trophy. The the this was something they wrote over the weekend. The game has been attended by sitting Presidents Trump three times. Obama. One time. Bush, three times in eight years. So President Trump went every year. Clinton, one time. Ford, one time. JFK, twice. Coolidge, Calvin Coolidge, once. Woodrow Wilson, once. Truman, once, seven times. Teddy Roosevelt, went twice. Biden has never attended the game as president. Instead, he is schmoozing celebrities at high-dollar fundraisers in California. And he's from Delaware, no less. And usually the game's in Philly. This year it was in Boston. They're moving it around now. I go to that game every chance I get. And if I can't go to it, I certainly watch it. And I throw a party every year. So, uh, no different had a bunch of people over my house and, uh, uh, one of them was a West point graduate and, you know, and, uh one of our guests. And, uh, so it was great. I just love the game. And I, um, I'm probably going to alienate half my, you know, maybe half my listener base, but I'm an army guy. So, I mean, I like, I, I always root for army. My dad raised me right. And, um, uh, and so uh we've always growing up as a kid my dad would take the family to Army Navy. Uh because we lived in Philly for a while and and it was always in Philly. And uh even when we lived in Ohio uh we would go to Philly for that game. And uh we always rooted for Army. I don't know why that is actually. I imagine if I was raised to root for Navy I probably would be a, Na- you know, you're a product of your upbringing. But uh, in any case, yeah, that's where I am. Speaking of Donald Trump, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is endorsing former President Trump in 2024. Wow. I was a little surprised to read that, but because uh, I heard something else about Mike Pence <laughs> leaving the Republican Party uh, if Trump gets the nomination or something like that. I don't know. Mitt Romney certainly has gone on that page and said he would be willing to serve in a cabinet role uh, if i 'm the best person for the job, I saw some people calling in, but uh, i don 't know uh, whether our phone system i, I whether I missed it uh, or not but uh, in any case, McCarthy not only wants to is endorsing President Trump but he also is open to a cabinet spot. I think Trump would give him one. It'll be interesting to see who wins the Senate seat out in utah all right i got a i got a clip i i i copied this myself i i i it was a fifteen minute fifteen minutes with matt Gates in New York speaking right before donald trump spoke uh the young young republicans and i gotta tell you this was so bad. This is so uh, not, I want to say bad rear, right? Bad rear is so bad rear. Um, But in any case, we got to listen to this. All right. You're going to love it. This is going to jack you up. This is going to set you right for the rest of the day. All right. Matt Gaetz on fire. Next governor of Florida. I said, awesome home run speech at New York City Young Republicans event delivered by the next governor of Florida, Representative Matt Gaetz. So let's take a listen to this.
4: Baker's spouse become a paid lobbyist is now so prevalent in Washington that they have to have a special slide presentation on that subject during mandatory ethics training. Think about that. When someone gets elected to Congress, there's suddenly a huge demand to hire their spouse as a lobbyist. Senator Menendez in neighboring New Jersey (laughs) had wife number two shaking down the Egyptians for gold bars. Their biggest crime might have just been not doing the right paperwork. And now my colleagues want to negotiate with me. They grit their teeth through the hatred, and they want to raise the threshold on the motion to vacate a Speaker of the House. We'll all make this deal. We can raise the threshold on the motion to vacate when there is a lifetime ban on members of Congress and their immediate family from becoming lobbyists or registered foreign agents. You play for our team or theirs, no entering the transfer portal. I still remember when leadership had their first intervention with me, they said I lacked patience, I felt they lacked courage, and now one of them lacks keys to the Speaker's office. To my colleagues, these jobs we have, they aren't worth having if you're not willing to say a simple word. No. No authorizing programs which have been corrupted like FISA. No, we aren't going to keep funding Mayorkas if he doesn't secure the border. We're not gonna authorize a military that wants to be a drag show performance troop that loses wars on the side. And we are not gonna send money to a dispute over which guy in a sweatsuit runs Crimea. We aren't spending one more taxpayer dollar on CRT or DEI or pronouns or protests. The Republican Party is the only vehicle available for our uses in the mission ahead. And you as battle hardened Republicans of New York know how America's story ends if we fail. Importing the third world's problems to slum it on your streets is rotting the Big Apple to its core. And just like look at who the Democrats have given us as their standard bearer. Joe Biden, in the words of America's greatest president, they aren't exactly sending their best joe biden is too old and too corrupt to be president if you are as old as joe biden you should be grandfatherly the sweet type not the scratch and sniff weirdo type and if you're as corrupt as joe biden you better inspire us and look like a kennedy less than a year from now america has a choice to make Greatness or decline, I look around this city and I see the fingerprints of President Trump everywhere. The Trump Tower, Trump International Hotel, Central Park Skating Rink, the Plaza Hotel, some of the greatest assets in the world. And how has New York rewarded this great man? By trying to bankrupt and imprison him. And why has this been the left's response? It is because they seethe at the thought of greatness. They are the political party that considers Kamala Harris an intellectual, John Fetterman a senator, and Lizzo a sex symbol. (laughs) Look at how they treat our great nation. Everything is in downgrade from the Senate dress code to the freaking dollar. The APR on every major American credit card is skyrocketing as Joe Biden soils his pants on the way to meet the Pope. You get a statue in this country if you die of a fentanyl overdose, but if you lead a revolution, write a constitution, your statue gets torn down and used as scrap George metals. Floyd, they that was a good one. They don't want to make America great again because they don't believe America was ever great. That is the difference between the people in this room and the leftists outside who will return home to an air fryer recipe for one lonely soul.
1: That was my favorite.
4: Our heroes are Davy Crockett, Theodore Roosevelt, Thomas Jefferson, Donald Trump, their heroes are George Floyd and Dylan Mulvaney and Anthony Fauci. It is why we have no choice to elect Donald Trump, the next president of the United States. He more than anyone knows that you have to fight. You have to fight like hell to return this nation to our glory. Our nation's decline is because too many Republicans have been derelict in their duty. Politics is choose your fighter time. I know who I want fighting for me and America and all of you. The greatest president we have ever known. I will fight for this man. I will put it all on the line because I see Al Fard. He fights for all of us. God bless you. God bless the great Empire State. God bless the greatest mayor who has ever lived, Rudy Giuliani. Let's go get him.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. If that doesn't fire you up, I don't know what. That's Newt Rockney stuff. I mean, you could be down 29 to nothing like Stanford was to uh, Colorado this year and come back and win. <laughs> that was great. All right, we got some uh, a little bit of uh, Hunter Biden left uh, here. And uh, one thing is true is Hunter Biden's indictment is a cover-up giving him a free pass to get out of the December 13th, December 13th, that's uh, Wednesday, I guess, Um, closed-door hearing about the criminal prosecution. I wonder if Gavin Newsom had as much to do with the allowing the FBI cover-up in California as DeSantis had with the FBI raid on Mar-a-Lago. So, you know, I'm afraid that this indictment helps Hunter Biden get out of testifying Before under oath uh, this week before the House we'll see Um, so I want to get to Byron Donald's talk about this let's take a listen
5: that has been the President Biden consistently has stated that he never discussed businesses with Hunter Biden's associates that is a lie Let me repeat that for even for the colleagues across the aisle. It is a lie. Throughout our extensive investigation and from the lips of credible witnesses, it is abundantly clear that the Biden family business is Joe Biden. Let me emphasize, there is no Biden family business except for Joe Biden's 40 plus year career in Washington, D.C. That has been the family business. As a member of the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability, we have followed the paper trail. We've conducted our investigation by the book. We have discovered damning evidence, and we continue to do so every day. Our investigation has led to some alarming and eye-opening findings, which point to the president's knowledge and involvement in illegal business transactions. For example, in 2018, James Biden, the president's brother, received $600,000 in a loan from AmeriCorps, a financially distressed, failing rural hospital operator. Bankruptcy court documents suggested that James Biden received these loans based upon representations that his last name, Biden, could open doors in the Middle East based on his political connections. Now, we all know James Biden doesn't have political connections. Joe Biden, his brother, has political connections. Specifically, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into the account of James and Sarah Biden. Here's what makes the evidence damning. On the same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from the same account addressed to his brother, Joe Biden. And for the American people, the brother of James Biden is the president of the United States. Next example is an email obtained by the committee from a Hunter Biden associate mentioning that 10% of the relevant joint venture that held by Hunter for the big guy, 10% of of a relevant joint venture, was help.
1: We, we've heard that part before. I'm going to... I wanted you to hear the opening part of that, actually. And I want you to hear this guy from World Economic Forum. Yuval Noah Harari. Listen to this about automation
5: and Entities artificial in intelligence. After thousands of years, during which humans were... This is the
1: chief advisor to Klaus Schwab over at the World Economic Forum, by the way. Okay?
5: ...dean rulers of the of the world authority and power will shift away from humans to computers and most humans will become economically useless and politically powerless already today we are beginning to see the creation of a new class of humans the useless class just as the industrial revolution in the 19th century created the new working class, the proletariat. So now the artificial intelligence revolution is beginning to create the useless class.
1: He said that people are useless three times unnecessarily. This little whippersnapper who I could snap his neck with like my index finger and thumb. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, you know, it's just so insulting. And these are the people that are controlled like puppets by BlackRock, the World Economic Forum, and he's no different in terms of being a weakling than the politicians that represent us, that sell us out for money, just like those university presidents selling out for Middle Eastern oil blood money. Well, in any case, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. We're hard hitting over here. Check out magapac.org. Find out how we're advancing America first policies to make America great again. Also make a donation if you can. I appreciate you recurring payer uh, donate donors. I really appreciate all of you. It helps keep the Scott Adams show commercial free which is why the donations are important. Use RedState over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody.